0: I think summer work experience are very important for our students. I think that the work experience itself is important. I think the skills that they build while they're working over the summer are important, and I think the ability to be able to earn a little bit of money while they have some time uh, outside of school is also very important.
1: This is Josh,
2: and this is Nicole, and you're listening to the Oregon Transition Podcast.
1: Brought to you by the t the Transition Technical Assistance Network and professionals across the state.
2: We've got you covered from Portland to Ontario, from Hood River to Klamath Falls, from Seaside to Burns, and everywhere in between.
1: Hey, Nicole. Hey, Josh. Hey, what was your first paid summer work experience?
2: My first paid summer job was working as a babysitter. Um, I learned a lot. I learned that I loved working with kids. I learned how to communicate with adults. Um, It really set a course for, for how I got into this career that I'm in now. And Josh, what did you do for summer work?
1: My first summer job was in between my junior year and senior year in high school, and I was a summer camp counselor. And I worked I was working in an overnight camp in Pennsylvania for 2 months and I lived in a cabin with a few other counselors and campers and I also taught lacrosse and and like you I learned a lot of good communication skills. I learned work ethic. I learned that I we had things we needed to do. and We always had to get them done. I learned how to stay positive with the students and try to give the, the, the campers the best experience possible. And it really, I loved it. I couldn't wait to go back the next summer. And it really gave me the, my first experience that maybe I should look into becoming a teacher.
2: Summer work is, is so important. It really sets up students um, for, for a potential career path. It gives them that first paid opportunity where they start to feel like adults. And summer work is just a really amazing thing.
1: That paycheck that I got from working at the summer camp was just incredible. Uh, And and I couldn't believe that they were paying me to do something I enjoyed so much.
2: So, Josh, why don't we do an episode about summer work?
1: That is a great idea.
2: And aren't our listeners lucky because they're already listening to it?
1: No, it's... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> now it's, we're recording this in January and right now outside it's cold and rainy, but it's not too early to start thinking about your summer plans and the summer work. And we know that these summer work o- opportunities are huge because it gives s- students an opportunity to work and get paid. And so if you're a student in Oregon, how do you find out about these paid opportunities?
2: That's a great question, Josh. There's a lot of local, um, regional opportunities that, that we're not gonna have a chance to talk about today because we're really trying to to focus on opportunities that are available statewide. But what we should focus on today is Camp LEAD, um, the SWIFT program, and then also this awesome grant that we're gonna talk more about that, that any school or organization is eligible for called the RFA 4708, which is such a pretty name, but it's an awesome program.
1: Just Let's just say again, that these three opportunities that we're talking about are all paid work. Students who are eligible for these programs will go, they'll get valuable work experience, and they'll get a paycheck.
2: So the first program that we're gonna talk about today is Camp LEAD, and I'm gonna let the campers tell you what the acronym stands for. What does LEAD stand for? L is Leadership,
0: E is Empowerment, Government, yeah. A. So what's
2: the A? Form? And what's the D? Development.
1: I didn't know that the word lead in Camp Lead was an acronym.
2: It is, Josh. We learn something new every day.
1: So tell me about Camp Lead. Where is it? Who runs it? How does it work?
2: Right, so Camp Lead is is part of the Heart of Oregon Corps. Uh, they partner with Vocational Rehabilitation to, to fund the program itself. They're based out of Central Oregon, um, and their camp this year was at the Pine State Park and also had a location in Astoria, Oregon.
1: And the students go and they live at the camp?
2: Right, they're there for a week. Um, they're camping, they're eating together, they're making their own food, and, it's all outdoor. What kind of work do they do? Well, I can tell you that they're getting their hands dirty, for sure. They're out there in, in sometimes the broiling heat. If you've been to Central Oregon in the middle of the summer, you know it can get into the hundreds. Um, but I actually talked to a student, and she gave a really good description, so I'll let her
3: describe it. We cut trees down, pull a lot of... Um, yeah, the you know weed the, weed all the weed weeds weed weed you see oh, passing oh, by? That's really the stuff really we pull. Yeah, mm-hmm.
4: Like a better brush?
3: Yeah, that's it. And sometimes we go to a different going falls and we help people pick up like wugs and stuff.
2: I know the type of work at each campsite with Camp League can be a little different, but the experience for each camper is usually pretty much the same.
4: My name is Sam Vanderbeek, and I'm the head counselor at Camp LEAD.
2: I was able to go to La Pine State Park and sit down with Camp Counselor Sam, who's been with Heart of Oregon for four years, specifically as a head counselor in the LEAD program. And I asked him what he thought students got out of Camp LEAD.
4: Like the most important things that come out of this camp and that I really push for now is like the confidence. It's all—it's a lot of the soft skills that come out of this. and And the understanding that you can... You know, we, we most of our, our our youth like haven't necessarily had a job or had a job that required them to get up at a certain time, like early, and then like work all day, um, and to eat three square meals and to get sleep um, and have like regular hours. Like those things seem really simple, but when you have never had that in your background, um, it's it's quite a like a change. And, and to know when when these guys leave here, their bodies are going to be like stronger they're going to be healthier because they've been eating good food and, and it's just it's like a, to know that they can take that and the skills that they learn and then apply those to whatever else they're going to do like so we're not making a bunch of park rangers we're making a bunch of really successful other people like everything else that they do i mean we have people that are really honest um their first day like i don't know why i'm here i don't like to camp i don't like to work this is this is tough but they make it through and then they, they're proud of the work that they've done and, uh, and the confidence, I think, from knowing that they've, they've you know, we do hard work. I mean, it's it's not easy. Um, we don't get cake jobs, you know. Like, I, I never want the park to give us jobs that aren't really meaningful to the park. And so, because of that, we, we sometimes, we're, we're out working, you know, and it's pretty hot. And they know if they can have that knowledge of kind of the context of doing that in the past, then... Like anything else they do, this is like the first baseline of comparison. But like is it harder than Camp Lead or was it not as hard? Like most, I hope that they go to their first job and they realize really quickly that it's not as hard as Camp Lead, you know? <laughs> like, oh, I can do this. Like I already did that. Like we, we worked and it was like 98 degrees and we were cutting, we were falling pine trees, you know? And like now I'm, you know, whatever else I'm doing, it's going to be easier. So four
2: years at Camp Lead, um... Do you have, like, a favorite night or, like, a favorite lesson or favorite part of day?
4: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I mean, always the campfire is cool. Um, But I think the most powerful one we do is is, uh, our empowerment lesson, which is on Tuesday. And it's out of uh, Mike Johnson's Wages book. And it's, it's owning versus moaning, the locus of control and, like, how to take personal responsibility. And how that, if you can take responsibility for especially, like, mistakes, that can empower you to... learn and be you know not make those mistakes again so that's probably the the most important lesson that we give but Thursday is definitely my favorite night because that's when when everyone really is raw and like opens up and shares and it's just it's really hard to keep a dry eye sometimes you know sometimes it can be totally goofy and everyone's just laughing and having fun or also sometimes you get really surprised you'll get a kid that has been a clown the whole time and maybe difficult. And, uh, and then that night is when like the realization of like going back, which is sad, you know, cause sometimes they're going back to situations that aren't going to be as, as empowering as this, but just that like, then you get this outflowing of like really authentic, like emotion and sharing. And you're just like, oh my gosh, it's like this hugely intimate connection they're having with their whole crew. And you don't know, maybe they haven't had that or get that very often. And it's important to be able to share in a safe place, I think. And that's what we provide here.
1: That sounds like an amazing program for for students. And I love how it is building so much confidence. And students are getting so many soft skills from participating in this program. And I love how he says, what your next job, you're going to think it's easier than Camp Lead. And if you can do Camp Lead, you can do anything. I love that confidence building.
2: Yeah, it's great to see the students at Camp Lead, the the city kids, becoming country kids and really getting appreciation for the outdoors. Getting a great work ethic that they'll be able to carry on through their lives.
1: Do they run several
2: sessions? They have sessions throughout the entire summer. And do you need to be a vocational rehabilitation client? You do need to be a vocational rehabilitation client, yeah.
1: Is this something that I can talk to my youth transition program specialist about or my transition specialist?
2: Right, your YTP specialist. Yeah, absolutely. Or you can talk to your pre coordinator or local TNF.
1: Who's eligible for this program?
2: That's a great question. And I'm gonna go ahead and refer to the website for that, Josh, if you go to heartoforegon.org, they have a ton of information about Camp Lead and they'll be able to tell you more about eligibility and when to apply and how to apply.
1: If you're not sold enough on this program, Let's hear from one more student.
4: It's good experience. It's hard work, but it's highly worth it. You get paid to do it for a whole week. You get to be out in nature. You get to make new friends. And <laughs> okay. if you get along with everybody very well, they could become part of your family without being blood related.
1: Nicole, you just used two acronyms,
4: PRIETS
1: and TNF. What does that
2: mean? (laughs) Right, so pre are Pre-Employment Transition Service Coordinators, which is what I do. Um, And they're people that support students across the state with those pre-employment skills. And TNFs are Transition Network Facilitators who support schools and teachers and students, um, again, with the the transition process.
1: And it's what I do.
2: Yes, and so for more information on that, um, come to our website. Go to our Facebook page, click on some links, and you'll hear all about those things in our next episode.
1: And you will get links and contact information for your pre-employment transition specialist and your transitional network facilitator. Correct. Let's talk more about summer work experience.
3: Summer work is important because that's when the students have their time off and they can really get a full work experience.
2: That was Lisa Catherwood. She is the YTP program coordinator and the SWIFT director, which you'll be hearing about right now.
3: SWIFT is a summer work internship for transition. It's a seven week program that the students live at Portland State University in the dorms and they do work experiences.
2: Is it just students that live in Portland?
3: No, it's actually students that come from all around the state to live in Portland for the seven weeks and do the work experience.
2: And what kind of work do they do?
3: We try to match whatever work they're doing with their interests. So we've had students that have worked in the city of Beaverton doing office work. We've had students at vet clinics. We've had them at a place called Breaking Cycles that does work on bicycles and how to repair bicycles as well as doing barista work.
2: What does the typical day look like for a student?
3: Typical day, well, the first week is a lot of training, doing mock interviews, resume writing, those kind of things. But the the rest of the six weeks, they will be working 25 to 30 hours a week. So they get up their dorms, they make their own breakfast, they go out and they do their work for five or six hours a day. They come back to the dorms. And then we have classes um, in the evening, whether it be cooking classes or I teach a future prep class where they do a whole bunch of career exploration activities um, and they have to make their own meals and do their own grocery shopping. So it's a pretty full-packed day.
1: So SWIFT is a pr- seven-week program that takes place in downtown Portland. Students get to live at the dorms at Portland State University.
2: Yeah, the, the country kids are becoming the city kids in this scenario. Yeah,
1: what a great experience to be 18 years old and living in downtown Portland for the summer.
2: Yeah, and getting all of the work experience and learning how to go on the buses independently and finding out all of the unique things that a city can offer.
1: Right. And most importantly, learning how to budget your money. Because there's a lot of places that you can spend money in Portland. And students that are living in the dorms are going to need to keep track of their paycheck and making sure they have enough money to pay for their food. And it would be great if they took a little home at the end of the summer.
2: Right, it's, it's a really unique program. Who's eligible? You know, I'll let Lisa answer that question.
3: So the students have to be a participant of a YTP school. They have to be a current client or be interested in becoming a client at VR um, because they have to be in plan by June 1st before the program starts with VR. They have to be 16 years of age to 20, an Oregon resident that has a diagnosed disability with barriers to employment. They have to be able to work here and they have to be motivated and wanting to work. They have to be pretty independent because they're living in downtown Portland and they're taking the bus to and from um, their work site to home as well. What is your favorite thing about the SWIFT program? Is watching the students grow from when they first come to just how much progress they have made in seven weeks and how much they become
0: a SWIFT family. My name is Haley Searles, and I'm from Baker City, Oregon.
1: Haley is a student who attended the SWIFT program last summer, and you, Nicole, had the opportunity to interview her.
2: Yeah, I had a great summer. I got to go to a ton of summer programs, and SWIFT was the second stop on my list, and I did get to see Haley and a lot of other uh, participants in the program, but she was able to tell me about what she thought about SWIFT and how she was doing in her employment, and we're also able to speak to her employer.
0: This is a really good opportunity. It once you finish the program and like try to apply for a job, this is gonna look good on your resume. Not only that, you get like job experience. It's it's free. People have to realize your like job after this is gonna be harsher. This is just like one step further to like the real world and all. And it was hard for me at first, like leaving my family. Like I've really enjoyed like getting to be independent and just kind of work on myself. What do you do at Breaking Cycles? I'm a barista there, and I also I go with my boss to like run deliveries um, for like other companies in Portland because we have our own like roastery there. So we run coffee to other small businesses in Portland.
4: So I'm Gerald Keith, and I'm from Breaking Cycles, which is a coffee and bike shop catering to vocational training for 18 to 25
0: year olds. Yeah, and my name is Alexis Hibbets, and I am also with Breaking Cycles. The students in Swift have definitely been amazing. <laughs> um, I could probably speak for Gerald for that. With that also. Um, it's fun to like just see the growth and like the chat. Like, I personally work with um, a lady named Tiffany. No, not Tiffany. Ah, <laughs> I work with a lady named Haley, and um, she. I found that she really likes challenges, and I really like challenges. So it's cool like to be able to work with somebody that also likes the same kind of things I I do. And it's just been fun to see like the growth that she has been going through. So.
4: This experience for us is so rewarding like this is what we live for and just to see their development has been Amazing, it's just beyond words like we didn't know that one of them didn't know how to ride a bike So we took this one downstairs today and we're like motoring around the patio and just seeing the confidence boost we've seen the other one work on $50 bikes to six thousand seven thousand dollar bikes and so, yeah, I mean, it's just, this is what we look for. This is just really good partnerships.
1: What amazing support of employers for Haley.
2: Yeah, Haley got so much out of this program. She really grew and became really familiar and involved with the Portland City Life and felt that support and that, that growth in her job.
1: And the nice thing is that that Swift is taking students' interests and finding jobs based on that interest. So if Haley's interested in bikes now, she has all these wonderful mechanic skills that she can take this to her next job.
2: Yeah, or if she's interested in coffee.
1: Right, exactly. A bike shop that also sells coffee. That's my dream.
3: (laughs) It's a good dream, Josh.
1: Yeah, that's (laughs) awesome. So let's talk about how you apply for Swift.
3: The process is you go on the University of Oregon um, YTP website, which is ytp.uoregon.edu and there is a referral form for the teacher, VRC, or the transition specialist to fill out. And then um, I collect those by January of every year. And then uh, they have an interview and the 20 students are selected.
1: Swift and Camp Lead are great opportunities. But there's limited capacity.
2: Yeah, there is. They they can only take a select few students from across the state. Luckily, there's another opportunity out there for people that are looking into how to do summer work in their own communities.
5: I am CJ Webb and I am the Pre-employment Transition Services Program Coordinator, otherwise known as the Preets Program Coordinator, much easier to say.
2: So that's CJ Webb and I was able to sit down with her at a conference recently and she is part of the group that helps figure out things with the RFA 4708. Um, Not like the fanciest of names but a really cool program.
1: A school district or an agency will develop jobs for students. This school district or agency will get funding from the RFA to pay for staffing and to pay student salary.
2: Right, and I think it is a really complex thing because you have to go through an application and make sure that all of the requirements are fulfilled. But I'll let CJ talk about what those requirements are and and what comes out of it.
5: First, the RFA, um, it stands for Request for Application, and so it is an application for um, the summer work program um, under uh, for VR and ODDS, the Office of Developmental Disability Services and the Department of Education. And it is an application to say either a provider or a school district to say we want to provide summer work to students um, in our area. They are going to be jobs in the community and paid at least minimum wage. And uh, so it's a proposal to how are you going to do that and also include uh, students with intellectual and developmental disabilities and have at least 20% students with um, individual uh, in intellectual and developmental disabilities.
2: So how does it work? So people go into ORPIN, which is O-R-P-I-N dot Oregon dot gov, they go into ORPIN and they search for the RFA. And then they fill out their application and they partner with where they need to. They get the information from their district and dot all the I's and cross all the T's. What happens to the application after that? Is it you that decides?
5: Well, no, not just me. First of all, the application then goes into the procurement officer and they prepare it for review. And we have a review team, which is because this grant is also through not just vocational rehabilitation, it's also the Office of Developmental Disabilities and Oregon's Department of Education. So how long does this whole process usually take? It usually takes probably by the time you get it in until you hear about a month you know give or take depending if we have a lot of questions um, it may take a little bit longer until you know to get those answers
2: and how much um, funding can a school get is there a cap?
5: we do have a limited funds I mean we do have a we we have substantial funds but at the same time we look at people's budgets um, and we have had questions about that so it's hard to say we have a cap on anything um, because If you have 100% students with intellectual and developmental disabilities, you may have a few higher costs involved in that, um, just around some of those support needs. Um, But you might not. Rural areas, like out in Eastern Oregon, you're going to have higher things. We don't pay transportation costs, but we can fold some of that in um, so we would have those conversations, um, because Eastern Oregon, there was one place where, you know, 70 miles, one way to go to a job.
2: So it sounds like you really take into consideration each application, indiv- like it's, it's all very individualized to right. figure out the amount yeah. that's needed to meet all the needs. Right,
5: because every program is going to be very, very different. Right. I mean, there's some just really, um, you know, working on Mount Hood, doing trail work to working the, the, the county fair. You know, very, very different. So again, it's going to be based on who the, what the community is. Um, the types of students and things like that. So very individualized.
1: Anyone who wants to start a summer program can apply for this grant and potentially receive funding.
2: Yeah, that's right. If you have a passion for summer work and you're at a school, you're at a provider organization, you're at a business and you want to spread that joy through the summer and that opportunity through the summer, then go to orpin.organ.gov and check out the RFA grant that CJ was talking about.
1: Last summer, I was able to visit an RFA site in Eugene, Oregon, that was run by Pearl Buck. I'm interviewing Barbara Sloat from Pearl Buck's Summer Work Experience. Barbara, you have two sites this summer. and It's Glory Bee and Yellow Emperor. Can you just tell us a little bit
6: about those sites? Yes, they're both uh, production facilities. They're both very close to Pearl Buck, which was just fortuitous. Um, And we have four students at Glory B, we have two at Yellow Emperor and they're working at basically entry level type positions within each of those companies.
1: And this is in Eugene, Oregon. And so Glory B makes honey and honey products? Correct. And what does Yellow Emperor do?
6: Yes, they are a contract manufacturer for herbal supplements and other liquid products.
1: And what kind of jobs are students doing in each site?
6: Right. They are, um, they are working on the production floor, uh, generally helping with packaging, uh, but I, I think some of them have actually moved into more of the um, complex jobs, like the labeling machines, um, various uh, equipment that they're learning to use, depending on their skill and, and aptitude for those things. So, Josh, you were
2: able to go and visit an RFA site. I was just wondering, what are your thoughts on a, a school or organization replicating this? Is it something that that's doable?
1: Oh, absolutely. I saw motivated students and, and, most importantly, happy students. They were interacting with the permanent workers there. So even though it was a short experience and it was only for the summer, they were a part of the organization and they were a part of the team. And they felt very much like that.
2: And they were getting paid.
1: And they're getting paid. They're getting minimum wage.
2: That's amazing.
1: After the tour, I sat down with a student named Jack. Hi, my name is Jack Waghorn. And how old are you? 18. 18. Just graduated from high school? Yes, I graduated from high school. Outstanding. Congratulations on graduating. So we're here at one of the work sites. We're at Glory Bee. i I've never been here before. What's Glory Bee? Glory Bee is kind of like a company. They do packaging, labels, and that's it. They just do all kinds of stuff. And then what? What do they? What's their product that they sell? Raw honey. Tasty. Tell me about what your job here at Glory Bee. What do you do here? Sometimes I work in dry production. Um, we do. Trail mix, and what was the previous one? Organic gummy fish. Now we're on trail mix. So you're responsible for putting the labels on the products? Yes, I do it perfectly. Excellent. As we're recording this, it has been six months since I visited Jack at Glory B. And when I see him, he still talks about it
2: summer work can be really impactful on young adult lives. It's their first taste of what it's gonna be like in in the real world, right? After school.
1: Yeah, so we talked about three opportunities for summer work in Oregon. We talked about Camp Leet, we talked about SWIFT in Portland, and we talked about RFA 4708.
2: But there are also so many other smaller opportunities in your local communities. So if these ones aren't a great fit for you, take that time to search out what's best Talk with the support people around the student that you're working with. Talk with the student themselves and find a way to get them working over the summer.
1: If you have students who are working this summer or even working now, we would love to feature them on the Oregon Transition Podcast. Please connect with us via Facebook or our email address,
2: which is Oregon Transition Podcast at gmail.com.
1: We love showcasing success stories.
2: Hopefully, what you've heard today will inspire you to look further and find some real opportunities for students for next summer so that they can get that fundamental work experience.
1: Nicole and I and the rest of the Transition Technical Assistance Network will be on the road with recorders wanting to see your students and their successful summer placements so we can feature a future podcast.
2: Well, that's all the time we have today. So peace out, pod people.
1: (laughs) The Oregon Transition Podcast is brought to you by KETAN, the Transition Technical Assistance Network, including partners with the Oregon Department of Education and Vocational Rehabilitation.
2: All views and opinions expressed on this podcast belong to the individuals and do not necessarily reflect our sponsoring agencies.
1: The Oregon Transition Podcast was produced by Nicole Perdue, Josh Barber,
2: Nicole Garcia, Peter Fitzgerald,
1: and the podfather, Lon Thornburg,
2: with additional interviews provided by the T-TAN Network. This week's music provided by Boone Richter, transition student out of Brownsville, Corbin.
1: For questions and comments, or just to connect with us, email podcast at gmail.com.
2: And for latest OTP updates, like us on Facebook at Organ Transition Podcast.
1: Please contact us for transition questions, episodes, ideas, and music submissions. Hearing about those gummy fish is making me hungry. I had a gummy fish today. I only had one, and that's it. Next. Sounds like a good perk. Sounds awesome.